Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I am your fantastic yet amazing host. Across the way from me is my co-host, Jared Gifford. Jared, how the hell are you? Doing all right. I, uh, I hear we've got some announcements. Um, we do, and sadly this announcement is one that you and I had hoped never would have come to light, yet, as with any human, they have mm. to pass away. Oh, yes. The, uh, the late, great Stan the Man Lee has, has passed on. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the comic world, uh, you know, we're all, we're all pretty broken up about it. I mean, because I don't, you know, the thing is, I don't care who you are. He's, he's affected your life in some way or another, whether or not it's the movies that uh, have come to light in recent years, whether or not it's the TV series that, that, that you've seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know one of the ones I grew up on was the original X-Men TV series. Yes. Um, and, um, and then, um, or whether or not it's the whole long list of characters that he helped co-create with great people like Steve Ditko and, and Jack Kirby. My, my condolences first go out to his family and, of mm-hmm. course, all of the Marvel fans, um, to Rob Liefeld as well. It's mm-hmm. going to be quite an amazing torch to have to carry for Liefeld when he decides... Um, to carry the torch for Marvel because not only have they been grooming him for such an event, it's going to be probably one of the biggest magnum opuses of Liefeld's career to date besides all of the creations he's brought about to be the face of Marvel because for the longest time, Mm -hmm. Stan Lee was... I don't want to say the poster boy, but he was the front well, and center face that represented, represented Marvel. Yeah, he represented Marvel. Uh, the thing is, it's like you can't think of Marvel without thinking of Stan Lee. It's just, you know, the two just coincide. Um, so, so of course, I mean, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, um, although I do want to say, before we get really heavy deep into this uh mm-hmm. into this uh, into this topic because this is going to be the topic of the main topic of the podcast here yeah um i do believe you also had some other announcements you at least wanted to bring to light first before we get heavy into this topic um couple of announcements uh monsters on the run three is going to be dropping soon which is awesome. Yes. It's by Mark Swan. If you haven't gotten his first two books of Monsters on the Run, please go to the website, www.crazymonkeyinkwithak.com, and go purchase them. It's $1.50 for the digital or $5 for the Mm. printed version. This man has brought every childhood Disney character to life in this comic. And if you've seen Land Before Time, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5... If you've seen a goofy movie, if you've seen um, an American tale, an American tale, Five Goes West. Uh, actually, he didn't do that one. Oh yeah, he, he, did, he, did, he, did, the he, he did the first one. He did the first one. 
You uh, worked at Don Blue Studios a long time. Uh, yeah. Several different studios. That one, he worked at Disney, as you pointed out. He worked um, at Warner Brothers as well. He worked at Warner Brothers because he actually worked on Space Jam. Exactly. Um, he also, and a lot of people don't know, but this is something you and I were actually uh, happy about. Yes. He worked on one of our favorite cartoons from when we were a kid. He, this, this man worked on Thundar the Barbarian. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, if you're a fan of Disney movies, and if you're a fan of any one of those movies or shows that mm -hmm. we have talked about thus far, go pick up his comic. Mm. It's an amazing run so far. He's got this lined out for at least 50 issues in the making. So, start on the details today because it's just a fantastic story. Yeah. Also... Gaspar is working hard on pages for number three for Taxi Cab Joe, which should be done and ready to be in your hot little hands by summer of next year. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's that's actually going to be awesome. Uh, many, many different things. Um, and then I know that, um, that uh, uh, as we point out, uh, Brian J.L. Glass and Samir Samal are working hard on Furious. Yes, pages are coming yeah. in left and right, which is yeah. amazing, and they're yeah. looking fantastic as always. Like, yeah. Brian knows how, and like mm -hmm. Samir Samal knows mm -hmm. how to bring them to life. Yeah. I'm really, really excited for Cadence Lark is Furious mm -hmm. because of two things. Mm -hmm. A, Brian is just a fantastic writer. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about it. He's mm -hmm. a phenom in the industry. He's been mm -hmm. in it for a long, long time. Yeah. If you haven't picked up Mice Templar by him or the Thor run that he did, pick him up because mm -hmm. he knows how to write so epically it's mm -hmm. as if Shakespeare himself had been given the quill and been mm -hmm. put in his body and yeah. he decided to just well, let it, it shine. It's like if Shakespeare was doing comics. Exactly. If Shakespeare Shakespeare is equivalent to comics as Brian Jail Glass hands freaking down. I don't care if you want to argue with me, you will lose. No. <laughs> Good morning, Maury. Um Everybody, um, our wonderful dictator and commentary of old Co times yeah. is uh, Maury Kessler. How the hell are you? I'm peachy. That's amazing. Do you have any um, comments you want to talk about about the late and great Stan Lee? I admire all of the tribute pieces of art that people have done for him over the last week since he passed. There's one in particular I liked. I wish I remembered the artist. It shows Stan Lee at a drawing table in one frame. In the next frame, he notices he starts to disappear, a la the uh, fading away in pieces like you saw, we saw off of uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then he sets his pen down, his hand's still fading away, and then the pen's and it's just gone with the pen. And I think the, the a caption went, it, went along with it, we may forget the heroes, but we'll never forget the one who created the heroes. Oh, nice. That's really cool. I like that one. Yeah, so I, I appreciate the sentiment that a lot of artists out there are giving to this. And the, the man is basically, he's, he's passed from being a living legend into just epic territory now. Well, yeah. now, now, he, now he's pretty much sitting mm. among the greats. Yeah. And I've noticed there are some people who are basically trying to badmouth Stan Lee with some things that evidently happened in the past, but mm. 
and thankfully they're being overshadowed greatly by the people who admired him. Because even re reading back on some of the stuff, this guy was a I mean, big supporter of just uh, equality, basically. Yeah, yeah he, he was the one that made the X-Men so diverse that mm -hmm. anybody could read any, any mutant and feel like they were a part of something. Well, they, they could feel like they could identify with us any specific mutant, as you said. Yeah, exactly. They, like, they could take a character and be like, that character reminds me of me and, and, and how, uh, you know, and the troubles that I face in my life. And the relatability yeah. that the mm -hmm. mutants had towards the readers was one of the biggest reasons why we kept on reading them. Yeah. Well, even with Spider-Man, it was a kid, at, uh, just that first, a regular kid, Sure, he fell on super, some superpowers, but he was still written as having regular issues. Yeah. Like, he has to go beat Sandman, and yet he still has, ha still has to have that science report written by Friday. Exactly. <laughs> so. so the whole point is, what I liked about Spider-Man exactly was, he was, he, was the, he was the guy that, even though he was a superhero, he still had regular problems that regular people had. Um, and, and I think that was one thing that Stanley was very innovative with, with the way he did his characters. Now, I'm not dissing other comic book companies, to be clear. I'm just, I'm just saying how Stan stood out in the medium. Stan made sure that his characters, in addition to all the gifts that they had, had equally damaging flaws. Exactly. Like, um, in, the, in Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Wolverine had anger issues, and he yeah. also had the Animanium Claws, um, which were his superpower. However, because of his anger issues, that was his flaws, because there were times where he would lash out at the wrong people and then feel bad about it later. Yeah. And it taught us that even mutants can have very real-world problems such as anger and how he decided to deal with it and how we Ooh. could deal with it later on if Ooh. we would just take his advice and the lessons that Stan wrote through Wolverine. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, I'm going to toss it back to Fantastic Four because because uh, uh, there's uh, uh, one book that you liked as well. Um, in Fantastic Four, look at what, what he does in there. They get their gifts, and are they happy about it? No. In fact, uh, many most of them are scared. Most of them don't know how to handle it. Ben, ben Grimm, the thing, yeah. um, he hates it because it makes him look... Because it makes him look like this, uh, this, this, this scary-looking creature. He, he, you know, he doesn't look human anymore. And for the longest yeah, time before like, he would yeah. embrace mm. the fact that this is who he was, he mm. would wear a trench coat and he would wear mm. a hat around town just so he wouldn't be made fun of for his appearance. Yeah, exactly. The, the, so the whole thing is, yeah, every, every one of the characters had some kind of flaws or some kind of real-world problems they dealt with. And I think that was, if I can say, uh, um, you know, in addition to all the other good stuff I've said about Stan, uh, what's one great thing I can all, all, all I can also give him is the fact that he knew how to write characters that anyone could relate to. Um, you know, they they weren't these perfect beings. They were they're almost hilariously enough like the Greek gods. Yeah. They had these vast powers, but they were also flawed. And I gotta give it to Stanley because he tackled literally every major issue from every major decade throughout the comics, mm -hmm. and he made it so much in a way that when you read about it, 
not only was it not as scary, but it was as if he was saying, okay, I know this is going on. However, look how my creations are handling it. Mm -hmm. You can handle it this way as well. Oh, he was tackling issues hilariously enough before they were even popular. It's great because, I mean, obviously the guy was ahead of his time, mm -hmm. but he was tackling issues of racism, of sexism, you know, of... Uh, you, you know, of any kind of really ism out there. The whole thing is, is that um, if he was tackling issues of hate way before it was even popular to do that. And the biggest thing that I feel that I got to give Stan Lee is the fact that he tackled in such a wonderful way the beauty of learning how to get along with indifference. Oh yeah, exactly. And and then uh, one of the things I love is that and, and he shows competing ideologies, especially like I like how we mentioned the X Men, competing ideologies in the X Men because you had, um, especially when you got the early books, but you have sort of like the what Charles Xavier taught and what Magneto taught. Yeah. And they were competing ideologies. Um, uh, you know, Professor Xavier taught that despite the fact that mutants were made fun of, that that humanity and mutant kind could still come together as one. Um, whereas Magneto taught that the only way there was going to be any tolerance was through violence. You, you basically had to eradicate the race that was basically holding you down in order to basically have any peace. True. He had a great sense of humor, too. <laughs> he did. Every single one of those bloody cameos was beautiful. Oh, Stan Lee's cameos were freaking hilarious. Just every single one. Uh, well, and then, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I think you might remember, because I think they had these even when we were kids, was, you remember Stan Lee's soapbox? I remember Big those. Lee. They would yeah. be like a one to two page rant on on just random subjects that he felt uh, strongly about. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it would be about something like racism, or, or sometimes it would just be about the fact that he uh, he didn't like the fact that they didn't serve BLTs in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> However, I've got to give it to Stanley because, like anybody in the media who brings something out that is going to rattle chains left and right. He yeah. stood fast in his vision. He didn't let go of his morals or his ethics. No. And he let his morals and his ethics shine through through the characters he created. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, and that's the whole thing, is that Stan was just such a really great, diverse person. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think there was a hateful bone in Stan Lee's body. No, in fact, the thing is, is you know, I never actually got to meet the man, sadly. But I do know several people who have met him. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and most of the people I've talked to who have met him have always told me the same thing. That Stan Lee was always very welcoming, that he was always a pleasure to be around, and that he actually made you feel like you were, were, were important as well. I remember there was a time where Todd McFarlane was mm -hmm. talking to Stan Lee, mm -hmm. and Stan Lee had said something extremely off the wall and funny, and and Todd, he had said, you make me feel like a child every time I'm around you in the fact that I feel that what I'm doing in comics means something. 
Oh yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> in, 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 I love that you bring that up because uh, because um, for those who don't know, all of the image founders, and I'm talking all of them. I'm not. There's not one that doesn't feel this way. But all of the image founders are huge fans of Stanley. Yeah. They uh they they looked up to him. He was like he was like their godfather. Um, you know. Is like a, you know if this was if if, if you know if, if this was a um, like a Francis Ford Coppola movie it was a really he'd be like a, you know he'd be um, uh, the Godfather. Yeah, well I'm trying to remember what, what the hell his name is. Why am I drawing Michael a blank? Corleone? No, no, no. The guy, the guy who, the actor who played his Marlon Godfather. Brando. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I spaced that out. It's no, just, I was uh, just trying to figure out if you were talking about the no. the one that was on the screen name or the actor's name. No, no, the actor, the actor. Okay, uh, and, right. and, and thank you, thank you. Uh, but You're Marlon good. Brando is like <laughs> basically, the, basically to the image founders, that would be like he would be like the Marlon Brando of comics, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but but either way, I mean, yeah, all of them were big fans of Stan Lee. Um, especially, you know, especially Todd, uh, Todd talks, you know, talks about Stan Lee a lot. Um, you know, um, he, he, along with Rob Liefeld was one of the last people to actually visit Stan before he passed away. Yeah. Um, Todd McFarlane, you can tell the man cares. Todd McFarlane had a really, had, had really, really a lot of great things to say about Stan after he passed away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, it was it was awesome to see, and, and I love I love the outpouring of of just kindness you saw when he passed away. It, you know, really, if you can actually measure a life, this is one thing. I mean, you can tell Stan Lee had a lot of friends. Yeah, there were a few kooks that came out of the woodwork to say some bad stuff about him, but it was like Maury said, they got overshadowed by all the good stuff. There was much more, much more good stuff said about him than bad. You gotta give it to Stan Lee because yeah. he gives the precedence of how you should live your life. Treat okay. people the way that they should be treated mm -hmm. and bless those that try to do harm to you because, mm -hmm. I mean, he had a lot of naysayers. He had a lot of people that talked a lot of crap about him. Yeah. But the one thing that I never heard out of his mouth was bad-mouthing people that didn't like him. Oh yeah, the, this whole thing. Stanley was always enthusiastic about the medium that, that that he was in. He always loved comics, and he was always sort of raising the flag for comics. Yeah. Um. You know, never once did Stanley say, "Oh, I'm so embarrassed that that I wrote comic books." Stanley loved the medium, and it showed in all of his creations. It, it, you know, Stanley was he, he was just a he really he was a kid at heart. And I don't really think that that, to me, that's the key to long life. I really think the key to long life is being a kid at heart. I can remember when my son had texted me that, Pan, that Stan Lee had passed away. I cried for a good hour. I, mm. Not only was it someone I that I hard. looked up to. Yeah. It was someone that I aspire to become. Someone oh, yeah. who not only brings out a fantastic product, but also can be someone who's admired because you could approach the guy. It didn't matter yeah. what he was doing. And he was never an ass. He was always welcoming. No. And he also always had time for his fans, mm -hmm. regardless of where he was. He always dropped what he was doing to say hi to the fans. And I want to be like that as well. So yeah. I aspire... To be like Stan Lee because he was the embodiment of what a great human being is supposed yeah. to be like. 
Oh, yeah, I know, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, no, like I said, I mean, it's funny as I always knew I was going to be sad. Uh, sad. Sad. I always knew I was going to be sad when Stan Lee passed away. Um, but I didn't know I was going to take it as hard as I did. Cause, I mean, I was, I was genuinely devastated when I heard about it. It was like, uh, it's like I knew I was going to be sad, but I didn't know I was going to take it that hard. Uh, but, but then I, ha- I, I, I started to realize. I was like, why is that? But then I thought about it. Stanley, in one way or another, has affected me. Even if maybe if I if I haven't you, you know, even if I was re- reading creations of his, um, or watching movies that he helped make possible, um, the whole thing is is that Stanley, in one form or another, has affected all of us. Um, you know, and, and and there's a lot of people that have great love for the man, and and like I said, and it just really shows. I mean, there were some really great tributes. You know, one of the, one of the things that I wish I could remember it word for word, but unfortunately I can't. But Mark Hamill, you know, actually had a really great tribute to Stan. Mark Hamill actually said, uh, you know, that uh, I, once again, I can't remember what he said word for word, but I remember the essence of it. The essence of what he said was uh, was something to the effect that Stanley was a guy who always had a lot of energy. He 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 you know he was he was very imaginative, and that he was somebody who uh, that he always uh, like yourself had aspired to be like. And uh, and and and, he, and and then he, in, in the end, it was basically saying you know he said some people some people say that you should never meet your hero. Um, they would be wrong. This is true. <laughs> Um, um one, yeah, Stanley one, was somebody who always made you feel welcome. Now, one thing that I want to uh, get from you guys is your mm-hmm. own personal take. Yeah. What is one comic that he came out with that kind of changed changed you for the better for how you decided to see life and view it? Oh, I'd have to say uh, definitively it would be both him and Jack Kirby and it would be the Thor run. The Thor run that they did, that, that, that actually was very definitive for me. And, um, I mean, I, I would put it um, on par with, uh, I, like, I like that as much as I like Walter Simonson's Run of Thor. Um, and they were very influential for me. And, and actually, I gotta, I gotta hand it to Stan because of how well he wrote. And mm-hmm. he actually wrote very intelligently. Um, it actually helped me to go back, because I always had trouble... In uh, back back when I was in school, reading Shakespeare, I couldn't get it. But I read Thor, and then I got it. It was like Thor was like the training ground to help me understand Shakespeare. Exactly. And and that that's my personal recollection. That was very helpful to me, and it actually helped me so that I wanted to go and develop my own comics. So no, I mean I can actually say inadvertently I can. Say that Stan Lee affected my career. If there were no Stan Lee, there'd probably be no Darren Cap of the Stars. Exactly the same with uh, Tax Cab Joe and uh, some of the others that I've written. If it weren't for him coming out with the comics that he came out with, coming out with the different characters that he came out with, mm-hmm. and him showing that you can make it in an industry that is tough, however. It is also a fair medium and will give you a lot of pleasure. I believe that he gave a lot of light and hope to the creators that came after him because he showed you that, yeah, comics can be scary because you're going to get a lot of backlash because this, Mm -hmm. that, or the other, how you wrote and all these other characters. However, I believe that Stan Lee in and of itself encompassed the embodiment of what it was like 
to push all the fears aside, still come mm-hmm. out with what you come out with, and be, you know what, this is what I have to offer. Yeah. I'm trying to throw out um, my views on life through these characters, and if you don't like it, that sucks. <laughs> but if you do like it, Come the, along for the ride, because yeah. it's going to be amazing. Oh, and in fact, I don't think you've actually mentioned it, but what was the the Stan, the Stanley comic that, that kind of was influential to you? The very first Stanley comic that I read that really helped me out throughout my life, especially I was going through a t- period of uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. I was um, <clears throat> wanting to basically kill myself, and... I picked up the very first um, run of Fantastic Four. Because the the biggest reason why is because I felt like no one understood me. I was an outsider. I figured who's going to fucking miss me if I just off myself. No one understands the fact that I'm kind of weird. So when I got the first run of the Fantastic Four and I read how these four individuals that were thrust in to an amazing and obscure circumstance that they had no control over. However, they traversed and they pressed on and pressed through regardless of them being picked on, them being they, ousted they by... Forward, they moved forward despite exactly. the obstacles coming at them. And I read that and I was like, you know what? If they can do it and they're fictional characters... I can do it. And I know that sounds really weird and kind of lame, but that really stuck with me. And I realized, you know, it life isn't as bad as I'm, I'm putting yeah. it out there to be because if you can write a character that shows that they can be made fun of, they can mm-hmm. be poked at, they can be told to leave town, and they continue to help people out and continue to press forward regardless of the backlash, then damn it, I can do it. And so yeah. I've got to give credit where credit's due. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby alone yeah. literally and figuratively saved my life through their comics. Oh, yeah, and seeing that's the best of power comics. And uh, um, what about you, uh, Maury? Um, is there an influential Stan Lee comic in your life? Yes and no. It's really not a single comic he did, but more just the universe he helped create. Yeah. Uh, well, but like, what's your earliest Stanley comic that you remember? X Men. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's more of the stuff that came from what he inspired than anything else. Yeah. There wasn't a specific property that he, I guess, may have. I don't know if he would have still been writing it at that point or not, but. Yeah. Just when I was growing up, uh, I initially had trouble reading and understanding things. So picking up some comics at where I lived at the time, the old department store Fred Meyer had the comic book racks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I picked up some, and this is like the mid-90s. We're going through the extreme age of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's extreme. Yes. Shoulder pads and big-ass guns. Oh, gosh. Um, and like, even the X-Men cartoon that was on Fox at the time was amazing. Yeah. And like this is stuff that Sam Lee helped spearhead originally. Yeah. And... I think it helped me, helped me uh, grow a greater appreciation for like storytelling mainly, mm. and just the fact the man is, he came up with an amazing universe. Another one of those tribute things, or are pieces of art that people did. There's Stan Lee, he's up in heaven and yeah. stuff, and then there's uh, God speaking from off panel, <laughs> going, "You're not half bad at creating universes yourself, kid." 
remember you remember do you remember when he would uh, the, there was there was this um they had like well, I think it was what was it called like the I think it was called like the Marvel Power Hour or something yeah. like that. It had Iron Man and the Fantastic Four. Um, and uh, I don't remember Stan Lee. Well, like before the show would begin, you'd have Stan Lee like introducing the show <laughs> and, and just doing everything in his usual bombastic way. You know, like <laughs> like like you know, hello heroes. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> I just, bottom line, it, it gave me a greater appreciation for storytelling. And not giving up on something that you really want to do. Yeah. Because he had, I don't know if it was in a soapbox or something else, but there was an interview that I recall. He's telling somebody, he saw other people who were like engineers, doctors, whatever. Yeah. And then he looked at himself, he's just a guy who makes comic books. So then he stopped and said, I realize that people need entertainment too. Mm-hmm. So he went full bore into that and looked what it created. Oh yeah, uh, the thing is, he said, and a lot of people say this too. You know, a lot of people might call them just comic books, but I can I, I can I can I can tell you not only from my own personal experience, but for so many other people I've talked to, that comic books has affected their life in one way or another. That that there are even people who tell you that there were certain story arcs that made them feel like they were worth something, and and actually kept them going on. I remember the very first story arc of Wonder Woman. Um, he was talking about it. He didn't make it, but he was talking about it. And he said, if I had to make a hero that was a woman who threw out the embodiment of power and confidence, I would have made Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that I like about Stan is that, I mean, sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll go off on the occasional joke on DC or something. Yeah. But, but he even had respect for his competition. Uh, Stan Lee... Loved a lot of the DC characters. I mean, he was friends with Bob Kane, who had created Batman. Yes. Um, he was uh, he he, uh, he 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 was friends with Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster, who created Superman. In uh-huh. fact, he's even he's even admitted that his favorite DC character is Superman. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and as you said, he had respect for all the other creations of DC. I mean, they may have been his competition, but he still knew good competition when he saw it. And that was one big thing that you could always give Stan, is it didn't matter whether it was competition or his own company. He, he loved comics. It didn't matter who came out with the damn things. He loved comics. He loved the medium. He was a person <laughs> who was always flying the flag for comic books and the medium. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the whole thing. He did that his entire life. Whether you love him or hate him... The whole thing is you can't you can't deny the impact he's had on popular media today, and it's not just comic books. I mean, he was able to start influencing television, movies, even even some popular music uh-huh. was was influenced by Stan Lee. Exactly. Now um, we've got. A little bit of Crazy Monkey Inc. news to throw out there real quick, but then we're going to get back to um, the property, which is the amazing and fantastic Stan Lee. Uh, the news is they're all dead. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, fantastic news. I believe that Durham number four is really close to getting started. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Kickstarter will, will be up pretty soon. 
Um, it's the very next thing on the books. Exactly. Um, it, it, you know, we, we just have to clear. We just have to clear up a few, few other things that we have mm -hmm. prior to that. But it, but it's there. It's in the beginning stages. Um, now, is there anything? We, we are there... actually. We are. Well, I was going to say we yeah. actually are. Um, we actually are coloring and lettering the uh, the Tom Rodriguez poster. That was featured at Free Comic Book Day in October. This is true. This um, is true. That that is being colored and lettered. And you'll be able to get uh, that on the website um, as as far as the yeah yeah um, that's it will, along it will, with the Darum comics. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be available once once we've got the prints ready. Yes, it which is awesome. It'll be available and uh, and and, uh, and it's the same price as the print comic books five dollars. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and that's one thing inside Darum number four is. I guess would you call them pre-production? Yes. Uh, and is and as soon as other things are cleared up, and and it's very soon to be cleared up, we're gonna get started. Darum number four, um, and and we'll be announcing the Kickstarter. Now I gotta tell you this right now. I know I've said it in previous podcasts. I'm probably one of the biggest fans of Darum. Well, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> Not that tall. No. Uh. I'm not that kind of fan. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> I gotta give it to you, Jared. You know how to write a character like Stan Lee does, who not only is relatable and goes through very real-life issues, you can give Jared a lot of credit because as humble as he is, he knows how to tell a fantastic and just phenomenal story, and I, I gotta give it to you. You're one of the indie writers that I anticipate reading your comic the most when it comes out because you know it's gonna be outstanding. You know you put your heart and soul into every damn line that you write, and you also know that at the end of the day, when you, when you open the book of a Darum comic, you know you're going to get nothing but adventure and action and awesomeness. Well, I do thank you for that. <laughs> um, don't know how to really take it, but yeah, no, I do thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but I also uh, believe that uh, you have some announcements for uh, Taxi Cab Joe. I do. Um, Taxi Cab Joe number two will be out in February of next year. Um, Raz and I haven't thrown out a concrete date because it's still in the workings of getting, um, taken care of to be put together. It's all done. We're just waiting to talk together about a concrete date. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, I will definitely let you know and throw that date out on the podcast. And if it changes by any slip, slip of the imagination, I will also let you know. Mm -hmm. While you're waiting for number two, December... You'll be able to get your prints and your grimy little hands on the first issue of Sexy Zombie Hunters. Yes. My horror comic, which is a homage to not only sci-fi, but um, zombies in general. Because I'm a big fan of zombies. Um, beautiful women that kill zombies. Oh, yeah. Boobs. <laughs> um, well, but is, also... Is it, isn't it kind of... Uh, and I, I think you told me this. I mean, and once again, you can correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. But I think you also said it's, it's sort of your homage to Shaun of the Dead. Exactly. Because I wanted to take Shaun of the Dead and make it in space. 
Spain. Spain. Cricket pals. <laughs> no. <laughs> However, <laughs> the very next issue of Sexy Zombie Hunters, I'm going to give a spoiler, is going to land them in the futuristic version of Scotland. And they're going to have to fight off zombies with kilts and bagpipes. <laughs> this comic isn't to be taken seriously in the slightest. It's, it's meant to make fun of the zombie genre. <laughs> and it's gonna get so fucking so, ridiculous. So but so, so, do they answer the question of what's under the kilt? You know, what's really funny is I'm actually gonna have all of the girls in issue two in kilts. So yes, you're gonna get to know what's under the kilt. I wasn't talking about them. Well, it's not about guys, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. The rotting sausage below, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if they're a zombie, it's probably not even there. <laughs> anyway. Not that they have any use for it. <laughs> exactly. Zombie sex. But, uh... But, but <laughs> I guess, Rule 34! Rule 34. <laughs> I guess... This... <laughs> Sorry. I, I, um, but I guess back back to uh, <laughs> you regret having me on here yet. You know you're good, man. Not yet. Wait, um, this, we'll give I... it a, give it a couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Yeah, like, go on. But uh, but, but but back to uh, Stan Lee. Um, you know, uh, I I think that uh, um, you know, some uh, some good memories I have Stan Lee is like like what I brought up with uh, like the uh, the sort of the Marvel Power Hour. Yeah. Um. Uh, that that was one because I always loved how bombastic he was when he'd do his little announcements, and he even actually did that in some of his early shows too. If you remember um, when he did, it was I God, what was it? Um, um, it was uh, I believe, uh, um, um, Spider Man and Friends. Ah, yes. Uh, uh, when uh, Spider Man Friends, I believe he actually did the uh, he would do some of the narration for that. Uh huh. Um. There's uh there was also an X Men pilot that had that was that was released. It actually didn't become the series that we would know, which was the X Men series we grew up on. Are you was, talking about the one that was just kind of like a one shot pilot? Yeah, it was uh, Pride of the X Men. That's what it was. Pride of the X Men, but and it was Stan only one Lee, episode. But, but yeah, but Stan Lee did the narration for that. Uh huh. And he did um, a fantastic job, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, and and then also, interestingly enough, he had a, um, a small cameo, and I don't know, and this was before he was doing his movie cameos, but he had a small cameo, and if you remember the Spider-Man series from the early 90s. Yes. Uh, which was awesome. Um, but um, on one of the, I think, I think it was actually the very last episode, um, they, they actually had, um, or the heck I had it where Peter Parker travels to an alternate dimension, yep. and he meets his creator, which is Stan Lee. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird thing. He was jumping between different dimensions because Mary Jane had been taken from that Earth by some weird extra-dimensional entity or something. Yeah. In comic books, man. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he thanks Stan Lee for making him a hero so people actually see him in that light. Versus in his own universe, where they see him as a vigilante and a nuisance. Yeah. yeah. So he was. It was actually. It was a cool little fitting tribute to Stan Lee, and I loved it. Um, and that's it. And that was before Stan Lee was getting popular doing cameos. Mm-hmm. Now, I gotta. 
ask you the question because it begs to be asked. If you had Stanley sitting here right now today, <laughs> what's one question that you would ask him? Uh, okay. Five bucks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that might be about the time when Stanley says, Get out of here, you penniless bum. That's right. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> Sorry. You know, you got to do that on the way to kicking your ass out. <laughs> okay, so again. Um, but you know, but in all seriousness, if if I could ask Stanley one question, hmm, you know, that's that that's actually a hard one. That's actually a hard one. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think on this just for a minute. You're good. Um, Man, so many, so many questions you want to ask Stan Lee, the the guy who created Marvel. Yeah. Oh God, one question. Damn. Why's it got to be one question? Just the guy with the DC comics sitting in front of him. Exactly. Uh, uh, Fucking traitor. Fucking uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dicks. Yeah, but also the guy's wearing the Deadpool T-shirt. Fucking ass. <laughs> Language boy. <Yeah. laughs> we don't say fuck in this podcast. <laughs> no yelling on the bus. That's no. right. Okay. If I could ask Stan Lee one question. Well, I would probably ask him what what personal experiences did he go through to, to have the vision to be able to make his characters as relatable as they are? That's a good question. Mine is a little uh, less subversive. <laughs> Mine would be... What character that you have created do you feel yourself most relatable to? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Hey, Maury, what, uh, if you could ask Stan Lee one question, what would you have asked him? Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane? <laughs> Which was better for Spidey? <laughs> and, uh, and, and since he's here Which with is... us, and since he's here with us anyway, and been adding commentary in the background, uh, hey, Derek, if you could ask Stan Lee one question, what would you have asked him? You'd ask for five bucks too, wouldn't you? <laughs> What's with you and five bucks? Cigarettes cost more than that. What the fuck I don't smoke, you, you dingling. It's not my fault you don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so give me five bucks. I'll keep you from smoking that way. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes? Yes. <laughs> Derek's all befuddled. He's like, the fuck did I walk into? <laughs> He's probably trying to think. It was like, what question am I going to ask this guy? Once again, you got stumped like I did, didn't you? So many things. About, I'm going to ask him 20 questions. Exactly. No, no, not really. It's just... No, just... Yeah, come on, man. Can't be that hard. <laughs> One just question to ask Stanley. Let him think. The wheels turning, but the hamster's dead. Let him think. <laughs> Should we 
So. Basically, I'd probably ask them, um, because how I... Uh, because how I come up with my own stories is I use uh, music as my inspiration. So basically, I'll just probably ask him, you know, what what does he use for what does he use for inspiration? Mm. I like that. Yeah, that's actually a good one too. That's a really good question. You make the rest of us look like dicks now. You know that. <laughs> At least I'm doing my job. <laughs> oh. No, but uh, um, actually. Um, uh, what we were talking, what you guys were talking about earlier, um, one thing that Stanley had done that, um, and uh, he did say in an interview on uh, when he created the X Men is, um, in fact, the uh, the underlying story of uh, X Men is uh, dealing with prejudice, and um, and you know because there's 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 um, there's a lot of forms of prejudice prejudices out there that even a lot of people don't even realize that are even out there. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I said, he said in an interview, he says, you know, the thing is, is we could all be the same race, but, you know, then all of a sudden you'd be, you know, you'd have uh, races, you know, you'd have, you know, red, um, you know, brunettes racist against redheads, you know, and everybody racist against blondes, you know, that sort of thing. So True. Most of the time, most people just need, just need an excuse to hate, uh, kind of like, uh, and like, in my opinion, unfortunately, um, it's like, uh, what's turned into the, uh, like what's turned into the new form of hate today is, um, is, uh, people are now using tolerance and equality as an excuse to hate. This is true. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things out there that a lot of people don't realize. It's, um, and as I said, you know, there's actually forms of hate that people don't even realize that, that they have. It's like, um, you know, like you have um, ageism, which is the, uh, you, the, uh, the, the people who are prejudiced against people who reach a certain age because they think they're useless when they hit a certain age. Um, in fact, um, the new series, The Rookie, is actually kind of showing that. This is showing, true. Showing that. Mm. Um, you know, so... But... Um, yeah, so, so the thing is, is you know, um, so yeah, so a lot of times, you know, the thing is a lot of, a lot of people don't, don't realize is, yeah, the, um, the undertone, the story of um, the X-Men is, you know, is actually about racism. Uh, well, just prejudice in general. Yeah, or, yeah, or preju prejudice, not so much racism, but prejudice. Mm -hmm. So, but. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um... <clears throat> Before we end the podcast, because I wanted to end it a little bit early, um, I'd like to give just one more shout out to um, not only Stan Lee, but Stanley's parents, because they never stifled his creativity and they always um, wanted him to move forward with uh, his visions mm. of uh, the creative side, which was him. And uh, I got to give it to. You too, because you created a phenom of the comic industry that helped billions of people get through yes. traumatic events. And I uh, want to say that you guys are the reason that we got Stanley, and will forever be grateful for how you grew him up because you really are the reason as to how we got to get into comics and how we got into writing them because you yep. grew up this fantastic, bombastic, 
and humble of a man, which was Stan Lee. And I know I'm speaking for the rest of the comic community, not only as a writer, but also as someone who absolutely adores comics. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much because you gave us, basically in a way, you gave us someone to look up to when we didn't feel that we had anybody. And I personally, along with everybody else in the comic community, will forever be grateful for the way you raised your son because he embodied what a human being is supposed to be. And I couldn't think of a better person to head up the community of the medium of comics any more than Stan did because he really was a man of the people and he really did do his best to make sure that everybody felt included. Mm -hmm. And it... It's hard not to tear up because you miss yeah. him. Well, you, you miss a man who has been that impactful. What an interesting life. It's so, it's so funny. He's, he's, he's the father of an entire industry, but, but in a way, you know, seriously, he's, he's, he's a face that's known to all of us. Yeah. You can't help but to tear up because here's the whole thing. He's been a part of our childhood. Whether we remember it or not, he's been a part of our childhoods. Yeah. The whole thing is Stanley's had an impact on all of us here. You know, I don't think anybody can say, oh, no, Stanley never impacted my life whatsoever. Like, everyone here can say that one way or another, whether it be Stanley himself or his creations at least, they can say Stanley had an impact on my life. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's my take on it. And the whole thing is, no, I mean, I, I'm going to full-on give thanks to the man. Because the whole thing is, as I said, if I hadn't started getting to those first few comments, I mean, I read... Mark Silvestri's run on the X-Men. That's actually what got me into comic books. Yeah. One of the, one of the earliest ones I remember was, um, and, and, and you remember it, Derek, is uh, first, uh, one of the first X-Men comics we remember having is, it was, you had this small little purple dragon and it was looking to this eye of this larger creature. That was like, I remember that was like the first X-Men comic we'd ever read. Right. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, was it, uh, it was during Mark Silvestri's run. Yeah, Mark Silvestri's run. Um, yeah, it was when. Um, yeah, it was back when Xavier um, um, was able, back able to walk for a short period of time again. Yeah, um, and and uh, um, and and uh, yeah, I do remember that. And that was when. Uh, and that was also when they were um, doing some of the stories with uh, Mister Sinister. Yes. Um, but once again, what I'm saying is, but that, even though Stan didn't write those stories, they were part of his creation, but what that did was, um, once I started, um, getting into more stuff later on, I went back and read the Stan Lee stuff, so the whole point is, I mean, I started with the Stan Lee stuff, but I went back and read it, and I saw why the man was so influential, I mean, he was writing comic books in a way most other people wouldn't, I mean, um... He talked about it. He said um, he liked he he liked words and he liked the sound of words. He he was a very eloquent man. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, most comic books he said in and around that time period had this whole thing where basically like they wouldn't they they, they wouldn't speak very intelligently. You know, if a bad guy would get away, they'd be like, "Come back here, you rat," or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know, it was very sort of campy. Um, Stan Lee, when when he was starting to do some of his Marvel characters, especially in the '60s, 
um, he he had decided he was gonna he was gonna make dialogue for his characters that was very intelligent. Basically, what he, yeah. was, he was doing. He, he, well, well, no, he said, and he said you know, one of the things is this is the great part about the reading medium is he said uh, I'd seen this in an interview recently, and he said that what his point was was that um, even if kids didn't understand these words that he was putting in there, if they really liked what he was doing and they cared about it, it would for it, it would it would not well force them, but it would make them want to. It would make them want to go and look up what these words meant. Exactly. Um, it, what I was just about to say um, yeah. was the uh, the fact that what he did what what he uh, the way he did it was he was he was basically making a novel with pictures. Yeah. He, uh, when he, and he was basically he was basically making kids more intelligent. The whole thing is is that who says who says that you can't entertain a kid, but also teach them something at the same time? Right. Now, um, as we venture on to the last minutes of these podcasts, um, I want to thank Jared once again for being on the show. Ooh, also, right. Derek, for your input. We always like having you when you um, decide to pop in and. You know, throw your 20 cents. Unfortunately, Maury has left the building, but uh, we also thank him for his contributions on this show. Now, um, Wednesday, we will have another surprise podcast that I'm steaming up in my brain, and I am going to be talking to you about. I just yeah, haven't got the fucking time to do it yet. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> but either way, I mean, uh, you know, it's always great doing these things. Um, I think we have just enough time. To give our novel and comic recommendations. Okay, I'm gonna go first because it's like really, really. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, you do it. Like I said before, the first story arc that Stanley ever did of the Fantastic Four with Jack Kirby, just amazing, amazing writing, fantastic um, way of writing a character that's not only relatable but someone that you can feel for that goes through very real-life situations. And I feel that that's what keeps people coming back to comics is the fact that they can relate to them mm -hmm. and that they can feel that they're not the only ones that are going through the same shit that you know everybody else is going through. So yeah. the first run of Fantastic Four, definitely pick that up. Um, book recommendations. I want to recommend Tale of Two Cities. Because The Tale of Two Cities is about uh, two families that literally can't frickin' stand each other. And then this boy and this girl, they, um, they love each other, and on the, they're on the opposite sides of the cities. Yeah. And well, all they want is to be in love, and because of the bitter hatred that these two cities and these two families have for each other, sadly it ends in tragedy. Mm -hmm. And... It, it it really shows you that you know. Why you elope and move away? Well, then there's well, that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, but unfortunately, this happened during the French Revolution, and unfortunately, yeah. what happened was, you know, it was you know, it was like it was one of those things that the, they were they were actually planning on doing that, but then what happened was, um, was the the one the one guy ended up getting captured by the French revolutionaries. Yes, I, I know, I know the story. Yeah. Okay. I know the story there. I'm just... So okay. if you get a chance to. Uh, read Tale of Two Cities because it's yeah. not only is it a fantastic novel. Um, I agree. It it'll show you what happens 
when intolerance and hatred um, runs exactly. rampant, exactly. basically. Uh, oh, um, well, for my recommendations for novels, um, I'm going to recommend um, White Fang from Jack London. Um, White Fang is it's a, it's a really great story. Um, you know, uh, first off, it takes place during the the gold rush, um, but when people are going up to the Klondike to basically mine for gold up there. Yeah. Um, and, um, and anyway, uh, the main character ends up finding this, uh, finding this wolf who's pretty much been, uh, mistreated its whole life, mm -hmm. but they end up forming a bond. And they end up helping each other. It's it's actually a very good story of man and animal. Um, it is it is very good, and I I highly recommend it. Um, and then as far as my comic book recommendations go, um, I'm gonna recommend something um, Stanley because uh, because of, because of what we've been talking about. Um, I'm going to recommend Stan Lee's run on Spider Man. Oh, now yeah. I know I know this is totally cliche and most people are probably gonna go out of that, but really there's a reason for that. The whole thing is is that Stanley, he was one of the first people who decided I'm gonna write about a teenager and I'm gonna make him like a regular teenager. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make him like this super teenager like like so many other companies do. I'm gonna make him this regular kid, this this eighty pound wet. Teenager who uh, who really has no special gifts, no no, no nothing. Um, but then he gets bitten with spy, uh, bitten by a spider bite, and uh, gets these superpowers. But the first thing he does is he doesn't actually become a hero, like most teenagers would do. The whole thing is most people are like, oh yeah, I get powers, I'm gonna be a hero. He actually makes him have flaws. So for first, what does he do? Oh, I'm gonna exploit my powers for money. Mm -hmm. And then he does that, and it's not until his uncle is killed um, and is a victim of violent crime until he finally decides that that you know that he needs to use his powers for good. And that's where you get the saying: "With great power comes great responsibility." And I think that's a lesson for life. Exactly. Now, Derek, do you have a, any recommendations for the fans? Um. Well. Um... What I, um, what I would actually recommend, uh, just real quick, in the last two minutes, is uh, um, Treasure Island. Oh, uh, good I love, I love I love Treasure Island. Um, you know, it's about, you know, because uh, uh, if you know that uh, Jared and uh, our dad died when we were, when we were young. So, um, you know, about, you know, basically about a, a kid who was uh, basically uh, around his preteen years. Um, was basically forced to grow up early, and, uh, yeah. Okay. And some of the, you know, and the decisions uh, he had to make. Okay. Um, do you have a comic recommendation? In the last minute or so? I got too many running through my head at the moment. <laughs> have sitting here with dead air <laughs> no you're good you're good you're good oh uh, yeah um if you can't think of one that's fine yeah yeah so um guys be great to each other 
help each other out when you need um, seeing someone that needs help. Love one another. Do what you can to help each other brighten each other's day. There's too much hate in the world. There needs to be more love. So, as the late, great Stan Lee would say, Jared, you want to head us off with it? Excelsior! Have a fantastic night, guys. <laughs>